Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian. Hey. <laughs> and Alex. Hello. <laughs> Brian's not actually here, but I'm going to pretend to be him every once in we'll a while. Throw it, we'll throw it to Brian. Hey, Brian, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I played a lot of Destiny, and uh, I totally... Uh, I played some other things. Meow. Uh... <laughs> Good. All right. Good to hear from he's gonna, you, Brian. He's going to be so mad about that. <laughs> we'll see if he actually uh, listens to or watches the episode. Right. <laughs> All right. That being said, today we're going to talk about the Xbox Game Showcase and Ghost of Tsushima, which Alex and I have... I don't know how much time Alex has put into it. I feel like I've put in a fair amount of time in this game, considering what time, what little time I do have. Yeah. I think um, I'm like... I think I've put like maybe at least like... 12 to 15 hours in it so far. I, yeah, I want to say I'm pretty close to that. Maybe a little bit more than you. I'm not sure. Um, we'll get but yeah, before, before we get to all of that, if you follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Gojo, and Sidza for their contributions to the Patreon. We love you guys. We love all our patrons and appreciate everything you guys do for us. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, uh, the horror movie yearbook guys finished up their summer of scream this past week with an episode on scream four so please go check that out when you get a chance and uh the alienist is back the alienist angel of darkness is currently airing on tnt and our recap podcast has returned they are releasing two episodes per week uh starting last week and there are eight episodes so um we've been we had to record two episodes in one night and it's very hard, and I hope people appreciate it. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> but uh, yeah, check those out, uh, thealienist.tv and horrormovieyearbook.com. Right on. Brian, what have you been playing? Uh, some Destiny and Rainbow Six and some PUBG. We've been playing a lot of PUBG solo rounds. <laughs> I got to be quick with the with the Brian finger. <laughs> <laughs> the Brian finger. <laughs> All right. uh, I've been trying to eat small food uh, and drink lots of cocktails. Good. All right, I'm done. Right. I'm done with that. Okay. Let's let's talk about Ghost of Tsushima. Let's just get it right out out the gate here. Yeah. Um I love this game. <laughs> and I didn't think I was going to like it cuz I was reading reviews and everybody was like this game is like one of those like uh, you know, open world like lots of icons on the map, blah 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 blah, like you got a horse that you can ride and stuff and like it's just it's a lot of the same, but it's so it's so beautiful. Uh <laughs> And I agree with all of those things, but this game is awesome. Um, it, I get a lot of Breath of the Wild out of this game. Like, I feel like I'm playing, like, some souped-up version of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and that is not a bad thing by any means. Is it open world? Absolutely. Are there a ton of icons on the map? Not really, to be honest with you. Like, anybody who, who like, even brings it up should just shut up, because this is nothing compared to Horizon Zero Dawn or, like, a Far Cry game in yeah. terms of that. It feels pretty um, spaced out in the Yeah, the it, and it is absolutely gorgeous, especially with HDR on, uh, if you have a PS4 Pro and you've got it running with, like, the super whatever beast mode or whatever the hell they call it. Uh, and all that stuff running on a 4K TV with HDR. Like, my God, is this game beautiful. Yeah. Uh, if you hit our Twitter account, I've been trying to take snapshots every once in a while and post them up so people can see what it looks like because I'm absolutely floored. I think Sucker Punch did a fucking bang-up job on how good this game looks. Um, I know, Alex, you had mentioned that your, that your dog shit, I think, is the quote at the, uh, <laughs> at the combat. Like, what do you feel is the issue with the combat, okay. just out of curiosity? All right. So, to be fair, that was, like, just a couple hours into the game. Um, right. I feel a lot of the same way that you do. I, we're both, I'm only, I just finished the first act. I don't know if you've done that yet. You're yeah, close. so I, f I finished the first act, and okay. then I got a a mission to, like, unlock the legend of um, 
some totally badass dude's armor. And okay. so I, I literally spent four hours hunting down this dude's armor last night and finished <laughs> it today before we started playing Damn. because I really wanted to get this armor. Uh, I can't remember what it is. I'll look it up, but go ahead. Keep, okay. keep going. Going back to your question about the combat, I feel much better at it now. Um, I've gotten more practice with it, but also when you start... Um, so one of the main things of this game is there are four stances and it takes time to unlock each stance. You have to observe and or kill camp like Mongol leaders in order to um, unlock these stances. And what the stances do, they make you better at fighting people that use certain weapons. So there's a stance for fighting people with swords. There's a stance for fighting people that have shields. There's a stance for fighting people that have lances and like, axes and then there's another stance for people that are like like i think they call them bruisers who are like yeah the the, or the brutes the heavies brutes, yeah. yeah they've got like giant maces or big axes or i've seen some that have like a shotgun mechanism too like they've okay. used like actual projectile like guns hmm. um, um but yeah i yeah. so unlocking those stances learning more about how they work um you're basically like hitting triangle to break somebody's um uh, break their stance and then you're using square to like actually attack them for the most part kind of like a heavy and light attack type system I feel like I've gotten way better at it as I've unlocked more of the like advantages that you get for um, parrying attacks and there's also some advantages for or, or like being able to dodge away you have to unlock the ability to like do a dodge roll out of an out of enemy attacks and things like that so I think it's gotten a lot better um, in terms of, like, I don't feel that bad at the combat anymore, but I feel like early on it was pretty tough. And and so I think think it's gotten easier. I'm curious to see if it's gotten too easy. Like, since I'm only through the first act, I don't know how they start to, like, ramp up the enemy difficulty. If it's just, like... They're throwing more numbers at you. Have or... you done the horse assassinations? No. So if you run up on a squad of enemies on patrol and you hit triangle, you can hor- you can jump off the horse and like run your sword down a dude's skull. Like, is that an ability, though? I don't know if it is or isn't. It just started doing it for me. Okay. Um, but I'm at the point where when I do that, it only does a critical hit to the enemies that I'm fighting right now. It okay. doesn't assassinate which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I feel as though I've gotten significantly better at the combat. Yeah. And a, a lot of that, like it's funny because the whole, like the whole, uh, what you might call it, intro to the game. Uh, they, they spend this whole amount of time talking like your, your character, Jin as a child is talking to his uncle, learning how to fight and his uncle's talking about patience and learning patience. Mm-hmm. And this game is a game that requires a little bit of patience when you're starting it because you need to really lock in the fighting mechanism. And one of the cool things they allow you to do, describing to our listeners here, is that they, when you come up on a group of enemies, you can stand off with them, which is like an honorable way of fighting in, in the samurai code. And so you get off your horse, you challenge one of their strongest fighters, the guy comes up to you and he readies his weapon and you ready your weapon by holding down triangle. Um, one of the things I've learned is to like just kind of sit and wait because they can fake you out yeah. and try and make you strike. And if you strike first with by f- them faking you out, they will do a massive amount of critical damage yeah. to you. Um, but if you watch their feet... When their feet move towards you, the second they lift a foot, you let off the the button and you will kill them instantly. And it is awesome. And, like, you just have to learn to, like, be super patient. The game is very cinematic in the way it handles those situations. You learn an ability to then chain multiple standoff attacks. Mm -hmm. So as you approach a group of, like, four enemies, you end up killing three of them with doing little to no effort. And then the fourth one you kind of have to maybe put a little more into um, but learning how to properly parry and everything and dodge roll and those sorts of things like the game is it handles all of that really, really well. I actually think the fighting is super strong in this. It feels very it feels Dark Souls without being as punishing as Dark Souls is with some of the animation lock that you get. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely even the fighting, the fighting does feel like very Breath of the Wild to me too. The yeah. stances are cool because that reminds me of Neo, and Neo had yeah. like they use the stances like quite 
quite well, which is great. Um, but yeah, man, this this game is dope. <laughs> so I, it's funny when you mentioned on the standoff the fake outs. I bited on the fake outs like forty percent of the time. It's, they're 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 pretty rough sometimes. So I'll have to watch for the feet, and and hopefully that'll make me do better. It's gonna but. change. It's gonna change the way you play the Good. the standoffs because you will you'll notice like. They'll when they do their fake out, like it's usually just their upper body that's moving. Yeah. But it's literally like the lifting of a foot is them approaching you for attack and so that you makes just, sense. Yeah. yeah. The so. other thing so uh the other thing is there's like the story is telling tell like Jin's Jin Sakai is the main character and his like upbringing is that he's a samurai, he should be fighting honorably. And there's this conflict because, like, if you face the Mongols head on, then they will probably, um, they they may or may not kill hostages that they have with them. And so, like, the idea that there's this duality, like the ghost, like all the tra- not trailers, but like the the state of play that they did, where they're like, you can play as the honorable samurai or you can play as the ghost where you're doing things more stealthily and doing assassinations and things like that, which are not as honorable. I feel like so far, I don't, I don't know how that's going to play out in the end, but I don't think from what I hear from, from other people who have completed the game, I don't think there's like a, um, a penalty, a penalty for doing that. I think. and, And it's like the game almost assumes that you have to do it. So there's no way for, there to be even a reward if you don't do that. Well, and that's kind and of so, the explanation that Jin gives when he when when you're talking to your uncle. His uncle's like, "I hear you, you know, I hear you've been doing things like not by code or whatever." And he's like, "I've done what I had to do," and like, yeah, he's literally just saying like, "I have to. I don't have a choice. Like, this is the option I have. And if I hadn't done it, you'd be dead now." To his well, uncle, and, yeah, essentially, and, and, like. It it makes sense, but I also feel like it was a weird talking point for them to bring up if it wasn't going to be like a like a Paragon Renegade meter from like Mass Effect or something like that. But right. all in all, it's not like a big consequential thing. I just think it's it's kind of weird that they deal with that like duality without really making there be any major uh, repercussions for whichever way you choose to go. Right. Um. But I'm trying to think. There's some of the other things that I, so. The other thing that I was going to say, like, with the stances, when you're vibing and you just have enemies coming at you with different weapons and you, you like, hold down R2 to switch switch stances and it slows down and you can kind of, like, plan out who's attacking you next and react to what they're doing. Uh, There's moments where the combat in this game flows really well and it feels great. Absolutely. Um, So I, I have really enjoyed that in particular. Um but I also really like the stealth in this game. I think they do a pretty good job of notifying you when somebody is going to see you and and things like that. There's even like eventually an ability that you can unlock where it tells you if you you it highlights the characters that you're going to assassinate if their assassination will alert somebody nearby, which I think is interesting and I I can't wait to get that cuz that'll help me remain a little bit stealthier, but it also like the the duality of the mechanics has made it so that even if you reach a, a fail state in the stealth, you still have the ability to kind of um, go through and and do work and and be okay. It doesn't mean right. you like there are still some fail states where it's like you can't alert people here because they have um, they have hostages or whatever. But in in general, when you're just kind of running around doing doing main stuff that's not hostage related um it feels like you have the ability to kind of attack it however you want and even if you break stealth it doesn't necessarily mean that you're completely screwed even if there's a lot of people that come after you but right um yeah i i i'm I'm liking it a lot what i will say the story has just started to hook me after finishing act one um early on i've been doing a lot of different uh, side stuff, you get side missions and all that type of stuff, and you can go hunt down other things to see, and things like that. Um, but I'm just now getting to the point where I'm actually intrigued. So I think it's weird that it kind of took a little while to get there. Um, because I've done so much side stuff, I don't know exactly how long it takes if you're just doing critical path things, but 
That's that's um, the thing. Like if you if you didn't do the side things and you just looked at Act One, and it tells you right off the bat, like all of the plot points that you need to hit to get yeah. through Act One are like given to you right off the bat. And like as I did those things, I thought to myself, like, okay, like if I hadn't gone around and like, collected all this other stuff and unlocked all these other abilities and things, I probably could have gotten through Act One in like maybe two hours. Yeah, some something like that. I, it and and it. I think, you know, I, and that's that's not to say that they're just throwing a bunch of filler at you by any means. Like the the game is fun. It has all kinds of goofy little things to do, like chasing the foxes to to find the Inari shrines and collecting the charms to make your weapons and abilities better. And yada, and yada. Like, that's all. That's cool. Like the haiku thing is hilarious. Um, I saw your tweet about that. <laughs> so so normally like haiku is supposed to be a very reflective thing, but also like there's been some people giving the game crap because haikus weren't invented. And at, by the time that this game takes place. Um, so I've kind of taken that as a Liberty to be like, I'm going to make these haikus as dumb as I possibly can and make as, as little sense as possible. So that's been a fun exercise to try and like, basically you like find this little haiku sitting area. You sit down at it. And then it's like, hey, you're going to write a haiku about death. And then you basically scan across the screen and there's three points that have different lines and you can pick which line you want. And then you do that three times, you finish your haiku, the character says the haiku, and you get a headband that is like, headband of death. And then it's like, here's my haiku about death. And so I don't remember what the one that I have in my tweet is. You have to go to MGN Podcast on Twitter to go watch it. But um, I think it's fun to just make them stupid which is not in the in the spirit of the activity but uh, but I right think- and here i am making serious haikus like <laughs> con- contemplating each line as i'm reading them and megan's like watching me play and she's like so what does any of that mean that all sounds very deep <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> i'm just reflecting on perseverance like <laughs> well i'm reflecting on it in a very different way <laughs> right <laughs> what so- is the least about perseverance i can make this thing the uh, the um, armor that I was tracking down is the armor of Gosaku, okay. And its major ability is that it basically like causes a major stagger to enemies. Oh, right. um, which is pretty great because it's it's made fighting some of these dudes um, a lot easier. The Sakai Clan armor is super sweet looking. A lot of the armor sets are really rad. Um, but yeah, the, the what other it, other what other little elements are there? Um, when you, when you do shrines, like shrines help you earn charms and the charms you use to like add to your weapons, the shrines are each a little climbing puzzle, which can be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as you get your grappling hook, like they start throwing tree limbs at you that you got to swing from and things like that. Uh, I, I like those. Um, I will say the, 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 some of the swinging stuff feels a little imprecise to the point where, like, when I first got it, I was falling off of a lot of the cliffs I was trying to land on. Yeah, um, I, I've noticed that, I, again, it kind of ties into that patience thing of, like, yeah. you, you kind of have to redirect the camera to aim the way you want to aim so you know where you're going and can, like, see ahead. Like, you have yeah. to kind of take a little bit of that that uh, foresight and, like, use it, but... Yeah, it's. It, it, I've had a couple wonky falls where I, yeah. you know, had to where I died essentially. Yep. Like, I think Jason Schreier joked about like, "Oh, that's cool. You're this all powerful samurai, but a five foot fall kills you." Like, <laughs> which yeah, it's the, not really a five foot fall. Like, but well, and the fall damage is a little weird. But then I think there's also like a thing you can put a technique point into that lessens the fall damage or well, allows you, you just, to like you, do uh, a roll. You do a roll. You do a danger yeah. roll out of a fall, and then you don't take any damage. So that's the other thing that I'll say too is that I spent so much time doing other stuff that I feel like I've unlocked a good amount of the t- of the things that you can invest your technique points into, and like I don't know if they're gonna open up more things for me to do that i just i can't imagine i've only been in one third of the game and i feel like i'm getting towards the end of of a lot of these trees like i have almost all four of the the stance trees filled up and those are only like four points a piece really but like i know there's plenty of stuff to keep investing in because i don't really use the ninja tools as much as i should and and things like that but i think um I'm just kind of curious about what happens with the techniques and the battle stuff and how th- how difficult things can really get and how they can keep 
upping the challenge and whether or not you hit a point where it's just kind of like, well, I'm just super overpowered now, which also sounds great. But well, that's kind of the whole point of the game is to become the super powered legend. And like, yeah. you know, even through like halfway through the first act, they, the the one character, Yuna, starts calling you the ghost of Tsushima. And that's yep. kind of like how your name is perpetuating through the land is like you are this risen from the dead warrior who is like going around murdering all the Mongols. And yep. it's it's kind of it's kind of cool. Like, I, I dig that whole aspect of it. And uh, yeah, it's the what a what a cool game man like it's i really i'm enjoying it i don't care how much other people have been hating on it for being an open world game like which it has it has that formula i again it it, it has huge tie you can tell that they were heavily influenced by breath of the wild like you can feel that in the yeah, game. The one, the one thing that I'll say about that, and the one thing that I wish they would have let, like, obviously, I think you're right with, like, the respect to signposting. The idea that you can, like, oh, there's a fire, I can see this trail of smoke in the distance, I should go check it out. Or, um, kind of organically using, the idea that the wind is your actual waypoint. Like yeah, your, your compass. Your compass is so cool and a beautiful idea, and I think it works very well. But... The other thing that I wish they would have gotten from Breath of the Wild is, like, I feel like in Breath of the Wild, you don't leave any stone unturned because there's either, like, a Korok seed under it or you find a weapon you can use or something like that. I wish they would have gone a little bit further in making it rewarding to go and explore things because I feel like there's some times where I, like, climb the top of a guard tower and there's absolutely nothing there and it's like, well, I did this for absolutely nothing. Right. Um, But... Even if they just put a little stack of supplies, which is like your currency to do some upgrades and stuff, I think I think they could have yeah g- give you a reason to go somewhere and like yeah. look at stuff and like see how beautiful the game is. Like I I get that it's uh I mean that's the th- I I think that um I think because the the little points of interest on the map there are not a ton of them because they're so spread out it kind of allows you to do that like you can. You know, I, I look at the map and I see like, okay, I have a major story plot point over in this quadrant of the map. And when I start heading there, I'm going to hit these little question marks on yeah. the map. And like that, that's when I start kind of branching out. It's like I'm heading in one direction, but as I'm going that way, I'm also going to peek at these little things around it. And as you do that, you start looking at the map again and it opens up more of those little points. And you'll, you know, you'll run into the golden birds that take you to random things that you need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about was the bamboo strike uh, challenges are yeah, awesome. Yeah. I think that's those so great. It's like, it's literally like trying to do fighting game combos, but like yeah. <laughs> as a samurai to like show yeah. everyone that you're the most badass samurai. And like I'm sitting here making gang signs with my hands on the controller <laughs> trying to like do these like bamboo yeah. strikes. And- so we can explain a little bit more. There's like so there's these stands that they line up seven bamboo things on. It's like a sword training thing that you find in like feudal Japan. And so first they start you with three bamboo sticks and you have to hit three buttons rapidly like successively as you start like the first one you hit you got to hit the other two immediately in order to finish the combo right and then it goes to five and then it goes to seven so you get this like seven button long chain of of that you need to hit kind of like simon says and, and things like that so it and then when you do that it helps you unlock more resolve which is like kind of your um your that's estus you flask to, yeah it's what you use to heal with your estus flasks and then there's other like more powerful fighting techniques that use some resolve as well so th- those are fun and um yeah i love following the foxes from the fox den to go like help unlock more charm slots and also just petting the fox i think it's fun um but the one thing i will so there's two two things that i wanted to comment on the uh I started the game in Japanese language and the opening cinematic really threw me off because the they did not change the lip sync yeah. for the Japanese, which is kind of a bummer to me that they wouldn't have both English and Japanese lip sync to it because it is like I, f- I feel like there's probably a lot of people that would want to play it in Japanese and have the lips match that. So it's kind of this reverse, like especially because we. It's not like we don't have the technology to do that. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and and I, I, it was probably just like a like a 
The only thing that I will say is that I do feel like these characters emote particularly well, so I wonder if they did a lot of motion capture type stuff, and maybe that's why it's not so easy. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I will say, so I did eventually, I went to English and then I switched it back to Japanese because I'm like, I, I don't need, I'm, I'm going to be reading their words anyway. I can't look at their faces at the same time. Yeah, I'm deaf, so I need to read these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, the other thing was I have not used the, um, Kurosawa mode, which is like the black film grain, black and white film grain mode. Yeah, heavy contrast. Like Yeah, because I feel like the game is so pretty that, number one, I don't want to do that. And then, number two, there's some quests and things that require you to, like, look at the color of the flowers that are around you and, like, you need to use those as a guide to the place that you're going or well, the I mean, thing that the- you brought up of the yellow bird that flies to, like, that that you can kind of follow in order to get yeah, to things. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm wondering if, like, because the the wind will point you in the direction of the area you need to head to anyways, and if you run into those colored flowers, like, Jin does say, like, oh, these are, uh, that's, that's these are true. The, the blue whatever things that they talked about or the purple, you know, he's, he mentions the color, yeah. like, in his dialogue, and I'm wondering if maybe when you switch that on, if he says something about the word or the birds, too, like... My my understanding is that he he does not. I but I don't, there is I a cue that like, there is an but... audio cue from the bird. Like and okay. and yeah. they are pretty obvious that it, it is a it is not a normal like animation for that bird because they they're a little. They, I mean, they, it, there are some bugs in this game. Those birds are a little wonky when they get <laughs> caught up on like. You know, if if you're following the yellow bird and they get caught up on a building or something like that, they kind of just like they float into the building and they're just like flapping uh-huh. their wings like crazy, like just knocking into the the yeah, because there's like something and... inside or under the building that they're pointing you yeah, towards exactly. or something like that. So some, yeah, exactly. So some little things like that. But it just feels like I'll probably mess around with the Kurosawa mode after I get through some of the main stuff. Like I might come back to it and and mess around with it a bit, but it it I don't feel like it would. I certainly wouldn't recommend it for anybody just like booting it up for the first time. I feel like right. I feel like enjoying the beauty of the game because it is so pretty and um and the fact have you done any of the fast travel? Yes. It's so fast. It is very and fast. I do not understand like maybe it's just because we're only in like the bottom third of the island, maybe if you went from one end to the other it would be longer, but it's way faster than I anticipated it to be. Like, I thought it was because I put that hybrid drive in my PS4, and apparently <laughs> everybody is like, no, it's ridiculously no, fast. No, it's, it's very fast, yeah. So that's crazy. The fact that they have an open-world game, the fast travel is quick, and it looks so pretty is... It's an insane... It's an insane accomplishment. Like, I, I have mine on performance mode because I wanted it to be solid frames, Um so I haven't really been using the... I, I didn't look at, like, the, the higher graphical quality mode either, so that might even be crazier, but... No, it's it's great. Yeah, um, I, I cranked up the graphic quality, and I turned on the HDR and messed with all of that stuff, and I I was just... I was blown away by it, the way it looks. It's just incredible. The, the, the amount of atmosphere that having HDR creates for you as a viewer is astounding especially in some of these like sunset like settings like when the, you know because the game has like a day and night cycle when it starts like setting and you get that like that blare of orange through the sky like you normally would in yeah. real life like and you're just like looking at it and you're like i'm looking at a fucking video game like are you kidding me right now well like, even some of the like darkness that comes when there's storms that like yeah. arrive and things like that it's it's incredible hdr i think is so much more important than like 4k in my opinion i'd much rather have hdr 1440p monitors for my my computer and things like that because it just it can make things pop so much it's awesome agreed yeah no this this game's something else man it's 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 a great um it's a great way to wrap up this console cycle i feel like um because it does a little bit of everything. It's it it's fun to play. Uh, it does the open world thing. It's beautiful. the The sound and the music is fantastic. Like it's it's just like a good a good way to wrap up this generation. I think. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna tie me over until Cyberpunk comes out. I think because I want to. I'm in. I'm like actually. 
like pretty motivated to go through and collect a lot of the stuff and do all the challenges and things and yeah it's it's great that's the thing i'm a little worried about how samey it's gonna feel 30 hours into this game so i'm kind of curious to see if i do finish like if i finish it and then beyond that if i want to go around and and collect everything because right now i'm feeling that but i don't know how i'm gonna feel 20 30 hours into the future with the rest of the game i mean i definitely want all the armor sets because they're pretty cool looking that's the other thing i'm gonna say I'm not even necessarily using the armor sets that much because I turn you get the traveler attire or whatever the hell it's called yeah. traveler's robes and that uncovers more of the map as you travel. Um, so I'm usually just wearing that and then I forget to switch into like samurai armor when I get to wherever I'm going. So I don't I don't even end up using the actual armors all that much. I'm just stuck in the the traveler attire, but. I do like that they kind of give you upgradable, like your weapons are a little upgradable. The the um, the armor sets that you get are a little bit upgradable, and every time you upgrade them, you get really useful stats and things out of them. So it's 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 pretty cool, and yeah, I'm excited to play more for sure. Brian, what do you think? Uh, it's a uh, it sounds like it's a fun game, but I totally sold my playstation 4 like a couple months ago and like i'm never gonna play it because like exclusive stuff for consoles is stupid pc master race all the way uh <laughs> Thank, thanks for that brian, thanks, brian. appreciate yeah. it thanks for phoning in <laughs> all right uh, let's, let's talk get... about this xbox uh game exclusive whatever the hell they call it real quick let's say a few other things real quick oh, there's okay. a follow-up yeah, on uh on the 2k uh pricing their nba 2k 21 at 70 dollars. ubisoft came out and said that they are not going to raise their next gen game prices for now um because <laughs> so every... like... they're about to be canceled it's the only way anybody's gonna buy their games now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think they I think they mentioned that like um Assassin's Creed like they're still planning to stick to the 59.99 price point. Uh at least it's Christmas releases according to what they the statement that they put out. So whatever's going to be out by the end of the year. Um just Far Cry and then nothing else. Well, no, I think Assassin's Creed is out later this year. Watch Dogs Watch Oh yeah, Watch what, Dogs what is, is Watch October, Dogs? I think. Okay, so Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed are what they're speaking of, I think. We'll see if Far Cry next year in February is going to be sixty or seventy dollars. But yeah, very interesting. It's like there's a line in the sand being drawn, and we'll see who else follows who. Um, other quick Microsoft news: <laughs> They're just like we just got to we we just had to fire like six really high up people, so we've got all this extra money, so we're just going to keep the game price the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're they're having a tough time, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't comment on that too much. I it's terrible some of the shit that you hear about from these stories and hopefully I'm glad people are being listened to and that change is coming but I don't have Yeah, a lot I don't of mean faith. to make light of the situation. No, I know you don't. Yeah. I, it's it's just yeah. I yeah. I have my opinions. That's fair. Um Microsoft discontinued the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S digital edition ahead of the Series X launch. So they are keeping the Xbox One S with the disk drive around. Um, but it sounds like the Xbox One X is already kind of hard to find and will not be. they will not be making more as of this point. And the digital One S is also going away. So interesting to me, but I think it makes sense. It's just kind of I'm wondering how far they're going to dip down with the price of that Xbox One S in order to get people in the door with like, Project X Cloud and using the uh, using Game Pass and all that type of stuff. I think it'll be interesting to see. And then speaking of X Cloud, there's also been a uh, I think I think Phil Spencer himself actually said that they are planning to roll Project X Cloud into the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate in September. That means you pay $15 per month, you get access to all of the first-party Microsoft games as they get released, plus a bunch of other games, and on top of that, you'll be able to play a lot of those games over the internet uh, with xCloud. You'll be able to play, like, Halo from your phone and and things of that nature, so 
crazy that they are going to roll that into a subscription that already exists and that it's not like a separate thing like PlayStation Now is, but I'm all for it. I think that's the right way to go. Yeah, I just I watched a video from Alana Pierce, who used to be IGN, I believe. Um, she was just like, I don't know why nobody's talking about what Microsoft is doing. Like, nobody's really... You know, The Verge put out an article, whatever, but like nobody is talking about the fact that Microsoft has 13 first-party studios and 11 of them showed off games at this uh, this event, and all of those games are going to be available day one through Game Pass. Like, nobody's that, talking about that. Well, and that's, I mean, I, I think people are starting to talk about it because of the fact that, like, I think there were getting into kind of the, the stuff that was announced, I think people were a little bit disappointed in the fact that like, there's only a couple games that are like, these are going to be playable on the Xbox series X at launch. But Microsoft has this insane strategy of like, Hey, play our games on the Xbox one S play them on the series X, play them on your PC. We don't care. We want you to play our games. Cause like at what point are you going to be able to play series X games on your Xbox one S using game pass? Like exactly. So they're they're not even going to need to sell the console. They just need to sell the service. And that puts them like, I mean, on a whole other level, they're getting to this point where they are, like, it's interesting if they're going to affect the change of, like, hey, we don't need consoles anymore because you can play our stuff everywhere. And if right. that's going to bite Sony in the ass, basically, because they're not prepared to be like, hey, play our stuff on your PC through our streaming service or would whatever. Just, it would it be is. so funny if, like, Sony comes out, they're like, here's the PlayStation 5. You guys love the way it looks and everything. The new controller's dope. The price tag. Four ninety nine, and Xbox is like, you don't even have to buy our console. Give us fifteen bucks exactly. a month, and you can play all the fucking games on whatever device you want. You can play them on your computer. You can play them on your phone. You can play them on your tablet. You can play them on your old Xbox. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that is revolutionary. They are going to fucking make so many people mad. <laughs> well, and there were a lot of um, there were a couple articles coming out. One of them might have been the Verge the Verge one that you were mentioning, but the idea of like the console war is dead because none of the three big competitors are actually competing with each other anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're all going no, after completely different segments. So it's kind of it's honestly it's cool. I would like to see all three of these companies thrive at their own thing and what they're doing and and I think that's kind of what we're headed towards, but um cuz I mean what's better? You make one t- a one-time purchase. I mean, it's better for the consumer, I suppose, in some stances to like make a one-time purchase. And then make gradual purchases as needed, you know, in respect to the PlayStation console and buying exclusive games or whatever. But, like, if you are just paying for a monthly service, whether you use it or not, and you're dropping $15 a month, like, and how many millions of people are going to drop that 15 bucks a month? Like, Microsoft's going to make more money. <laughs> like, Well, and the thing is, is, like, even from a consumer standpoint here, I kind of still like the idea of these subscription services simply because of the fact that, like, you know, I can pay 15 bucks this month to Microsoft to check out the new Halo that's coming out, and then I pay $15 to Ubisoft to play the new Assassin's Creed when it comes out. Like, it's, it's interesting to me that... It, it, the thing is, like, if you buy a thing of, I think it's like $119 to get two, to get a full 12 months of Game Pass, if you pay, play two of their first party releases in that whole year, you've, you're you've say, made you, that. You, yeah, yeah. You, you break even. But then on top of that, they have things like they're going to be bringing Destiny and its expansion to Game Pass, like, day and date with the release, I think, which is insane. Like, not only that, but other third-party things. Like, the, the value... I think Tom was in our Discord saying, like, the value on Game Pass is insane. And it is. It's nuts. And that that's so, the like, whole point that, like, Alana Pierce was making, is that nobody's talking about the value. Yeah. Like, everybody just is, like, console exclusives, PlayStation, blah, blah, blah. And they're, like... The reality is that the average gamer's consumer, like especially after dealing with a fucking six months worth of pandemic and however much longer we're going to have to put up with it. Nobody's going to have that kind of money to buy games and consoles. But yeah. the fact that you could pay, 
your Netflix, you could get rid of Netflix and pay for Xbox Game Pass instead and get more entertainment and enjoyment out of it than you would otherwise. Like that's the value is is just so good. So good. Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting. I mean, we we should we should dig into this game showcase. Yeah, a let's bit do it. Get there. Let's talk like, about I, it. I, the the thing that still isn't quite there for me for like the thing is I have Game Pass Ultimate until like spring 2021, I think, based off of the thing that they did where you could stack your old Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold subscription into Game Pass Ultimate. Um so I uh, will let all right. Let's let's go through the showcase. Let's do it. Um, the big announcement that came, kind of the thing that they started off with, they had eight minutes of Halo Infinite gameplay. Um, John, you and I are not big Halo people, so I don't really know that this did anything for you that it also didn't do for me. But <sighs> did you did you see did you watch this trailer at all? No, because I just don't care about Halo. I understand its importance to video gaming and what it did for people, like in the early two thousands. But I just don't care. Um, well, the insane thing to me is that like this opening that I'm showing on the stream right now. You look at this guy and like I was just playing The Last of Us Two, and the character model for Joel looks way better than this dude does <laughs> like i don't know if it's the lighting or what the detail is maybe it's the fact that i'm streaming this video instead of playing it on my console in front of me but like it's it's kind of weird to me that this doesn't like you're look... speaking purely in like terms of the texture I, i'm speaking in terms of like yeah the graphical quality to me because i mean his like his like the the level of emotion being shown on him i think is pretty astounding like he his animation is really good i think so too but i also think it was better in the last of us which is yeah the, the i, I can't compare because i didn't yeah yeah so I, it's it's just weird like honestly pe- maybe people will call me a sony fanboy or whatever the hell they i mean you say, you are but that's okay I, I yeah and i don't deny it that much but i i, I don't think <laughs> Uh, I have no allegiance. (laughs) I don't think... um, (laughs) It's weird to me that they're like, here's our Series X, and when I look at this, I don't necessarily think that this is like leaps and bounds ahead of where we're currently at. Like, I don't... I, is there like a whole lot well, of ray tracing going on in, or whatever? In all reality, they, like that's that's how I feel about this new generation of consoles in general. Like, I don't feel like you like graphics look really fucking good right now. Like they do, they, they really do. can't get better. Ray tracing was a is a definite like upgrade to the technology in terms of like what it like. Just think the concept of ray tracing and what it does is very cool, and the fact that we're able to do that now in like video games is like pretty incredible. But I don't think there's any further we can go with graphical fidelity. I think the next step would be specifically VR, but like making VR graphical fidelity look as good as it does on a you know a 4K television or whatever. But yeah, but that's besides the point. I I do see. Or I've realized, like, in reading the internets that a lot of people were, like, shitting all over the graphics of Halo and everything. And I'm, to me, again, like, I I just didn't care. Like, I don't care. And, and yeah. that sucks. But, I mean, there were other things that they showed off at this game showcase that I was like, fuck yes. So Well, we'll get to that real quick. Halo, it sounds like... Um is not a live service game as some people were expecting, but it is a game that they are planning to do a lot of content with. Um, so, and, and it looks a little more open world than other Halo games have been, which are, have been very level based and things of that nature. So I am interested to see what the Halo fans think about it, but I personally am not too invested in it. So we can move on. Um, there was another look at, or a new look at a next-gen Forza Motorsport, which did not have a number attached to it at this time, so I don't know if they're going to forego the number or what. Um, but it looked very pretty. It's a car game. What do you know? Um, and I would say it looked pretty comparable. Like, at least the... Because they didn't really show any gameplay, as far as I know. Um, they just kind of showed, like, this rendered trailer. I it um, is, If it's all rendered in-engine, that's cool, because it looks incredible. 
yeah, but that's what all these things, that's what the Assassin's Creed thing said, rendered in engine. And it's like, yeah, rendered in engine on a machine that has two Titans in it and things of that nature. So, right. Uh, so it looks very pretty. Um, I'm sure Brian will be it. Brian, how do you feel about the new Forza? Uh... Okay, thanks, Brian. <laughs> all right. Um, that's just how he we... feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they showed another trailer for the Rare game, which is called Everwild. Um, yeah, this game looks was, pretty cool. It was very pretty looking. I, I think uh, I'm down for seeing whatever Rare is doing next. Um, even though I haven't spent as much time in Sea of Thieves as I as I would like to have done, but um, no, it looks very pretty. I like the art style. I think it it kind of reminds me of like a Studio Ghibli title. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very very cool. Kind of like Studio Ghibli and and. Um, a little Shadow of the Colossus kind of mixed in kind of stuff, which sound, all sounds great. And there's, like, monsters and things, and they're helping you do stuff. And, yeah. So, totally down for that. Whatever it is. Even though they haven't really shown yeah, it much. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's like Avatar The Last Airbender kind of stuff. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I showed a little trailer for State of Decay. Yep, saw that trailer. Okay. I'm not sure what to expect from that, because, like, I'm surprised State of Decay is still a thing. I feel like the second one I didn't hear much of anything about. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like it hit that hard. Um so but hey, I know there's people out there that like it. I know Jason Jason likes State of Decay 2 a lot. Yeah. I could not get into that game at all for some reason. But uh cinematic looks nice. The other thing that I'll say so far, Halo is the only one of these games coming out at release date. Uh yeah. And that's part of what I'm worried about, but we'll get there. Um, Obsidian showed a preview for their new game after they announced a new DLC for The Outer Wilds, which is coming in September. But um, Avowed is what they announced, and it—I think you called it. Uh, what did you say? What was your quote the, from it, the Discord? I said this is Obsidian's going to do Skyrim better than Skyrim can Skyrim. <laughs> Sounds great. Sign me up. I'm, yeah. I'm down to check that out. This for sure. uh, this sequence of where they show the guy tracing the rune for the magic with his hands, like yeah. all that, you know, Doctor Strange, Warcraft, the movie, like magic stuff is so cool looking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're going to do it right here. That's just fucking cool, man. <laughs> like, it looks rad. Great animations. And that's the thing. This also looks like a pre-rendered trailer, and we don't know how final any of it is. It sounds like it's pretty far But we, off, can, but... we can expect that, um, you know, Obsidian is going to do a very fucking good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm um, I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm down to check that out. I didn't play as much of... Um, I didn't play as much of uh, the Outer Worlds as I would have liked, but um, you know, I'm down to check out anything they put out because I think they do a really good job. The other really big announcement that they made there was a Fable. They finally the the worst one of the worst kept secrets in uh, <laughs> in the land was that their Playground Games, one of the studios that they acquired, was working on a new Fable, um, and it's cool to finally see it. The trailer makes it say that they're. Or it makes it feel like they're still doing kind of the whimsical, humor-ish type stuff that they were doing with the, like Fable had a very weird sense of humor. Um, it was it was like Bard's Tale, it, but. but like a different yeah, like yeah, Fable Fable. I think Fable Two is the one I spent the most time with, and it it was very funny and enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for for a, a new Fable. I would be down to check that out for sure. It would probably be one of the more interested things that i was in and what what they saw what they came out with today but unfortunately this is just another hey here's a trailer no word on when it's coming um which i think disappointed some people we were thinking they were going to be like hey fable's going to be out at launch and it certainly doesn't seem like it will be right um uh so um there's a game being published by Xbox called Tell Me Why from the Life is Strange developer Don't Nod. Uh, it looks like a very Life is Strange style game. Yeah, it's actually a Backstreet Boys simulator. <laughs> I don't think so, but no, it looked it looked okay. Uh, very much in the same vein of of the T- Life is Strange games, and looks looks very nice. Tell me why. 
updated graphics. <laughs> yeah, I think they. I think you've made this joke before, which is reminding me that I think they <laughs> I think they announced it a while ago. <laughs> um, there were a few other short announcements. There's a multiplayer offering coming for Tetris Effect, which is an Xbox timed exclusive. Sounds cool. I don't think they shared a whole lot about it. It'd be crazy if they were doing like Tetris 99 in uh, in Tetris Effect Engine. That would be awesome. Um, but then, yes, also Destiny 2 and its upcoming expansion Beyond Light were confirmed for Xbox Game Pass, which is pretty cool. I uh, I did probably won't be on PC. Would be my guess, right? Since that's kind, I it's not like they're gonna publish it on the Windows Store. I would think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no firm date yet. So I guess okay. So I guess it might not be day and date. It might not be on November 10th, which is when the Destiny expansion got delayed to. But it sounds like it's coming at least. Um, they showed off a game called As Dusk Falls, which is from a bunch of former Quantic Dream staff. Quantic Dream are the people who brought you um, uh, Detroit Become Human and and uh, the other David Cage games. But the art style in this game looked really interesting. I don't know if you saw this one or not. Um, they, they look like they're using photographs of actual people and they're kind of rotoscoping them and like the, um, a scanner darkly kind of yeah yeah style. And then they're like using some 3d objects and, and, uh, it, it's weird. It's kind of cardboard cutouty, but I think it's really like, it's really intriguing looking. I don't really know what the video game is going to be exactly, but. It just, I think it has a really nice style to it, so I'm kind of curious about it's it. It's going to be one giant quick time event. That's entirely possible. Yeah, I don't know. It could, it could be, it could be like that. It could be kind of um, uh, Telltale game ish. Like I don't know exactly, but it, it looks kind of storybook, like digital graphic novel ish, which is interesting. Yeah, no, it's very cool looking for sure. Um, and then, I don't know, there were a couple other things. We, there was, they showed another look at The Medium, which is from Bluebird. That's that game that had, uh, they actually showed in this trailer that they are, they were, their, their sales pitch was like, hey, we are going to be rendering both versions of this world at the same time. Because this is that game where, like, the Medium woman was walking around and then she, like, all of a sudden, the world changes around her. Okay. Let me see if I can get to that part in the trailer. But um uh it looked it looked pretty cool. Like they were showing side by side shots of like here's the two sides that are getting rendered at the same time because it looks like you can basically press a button or something there will be some type of mechanic where it just completely changes into whatever the other the other reality is. So yeah, I think it looks cool. cool. I don't know what the game is, but I I'm excited to check it out. What else um, has Bluebird done? Point. Bloober's other thing they did a game called Observer. They also did Blair Witch. Okay. Uh which I did I haven't played either of those. I've heard great things Blair, about Blair Observer. Blair Witch is on Game Pass too, I think. It was for a while. I'm not sure if it still is or not. It might be. Um but yeah. And then uh the SteamWorld developer is coming out with a new action adventure game called The Gunk. It's very different than any of their SteamWorld games. Uh have you played any of those or no? I have not. I do have them on Stadia Pro. The Steam World, Steam World Dig, uh, I've played through the first Steam World Dig, and it's a very nice, like, Metroid-ish kind of game. Um, and so I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do. I feel like this is their first time really getting into, like, 3D graphics. I might be wrong about that. Um, but it looks interesting. It's got, like, it kind of reminds me of, like, a Psychonauts kind of yeah. art style a little bit. I can see um, that. But, yeah, I think it looks great. And then, um, finally, they also announced that Dragon Quest XI will finally be coming to the Xbox uh, at some point in December, <laughs> which is interesting. And then they also they showed like off... Two like two years a, later. Yeah. In the pre-show, they showed off uh, something from Yuji Naka, who is the creator of Sonic the Hedgehog. He's got a new game that's coming from, like, Square Enix. Um but it's got kind of an interesting art style and looks very Japanese cutesy. But yeah. Um, That's cool. So overall, I mean, I don't know if you have any major takeaways. I, I mean, my, from this. my biggest takeaway from the entire thing, again, just deals with Game Pass in general and the fact that, like, these are first party games. These are games that, like, 
they would be the ghost of, ghost of Tsushima or your Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation or whatever. Like it's going to be that level of game coming to a subscription service that costs you 15 bucks a month or whatever instead of you having to pay like $60 or $70 or $80 a month or per game. You can play every single one of these games the day they yeah. come out. Like that's incredible. So like the the fact again that Microsoft is doing this particular service is something that is that should be talked about more because I think it's extremely important to the industry. Um, I think I think long term that all makes a lot of sense, but in the short term, I was kind of aghast at the fact that they they basically showed off a cup like less than a handful of games that are coming to the Xbox One X, or Series X at launch. Yeah, like granted, like I think in in terms of Sony's stuff, I think I don't remember how many of those were actually launch titles. But than, I, like, I mean, I'm curious Ratchet to know like. You know, is it the sort of thing where, like, we could literally, like, the Xbox Series X comes out, Halo drops at launch, a bunch of people are going to buy it just for that, you yeah. know, but then you're also, like, you get the people that buy it, they're, like, not really into Halo, but they can go back and, like, play their copy of The Witcher 3 that they bought on Xbox Live and That's, like yeah and there's maybe they're like they're like okay i'm upgrading my system i'm gonna get faster loading times better graphics to some extent because some of these games are going to be able to do that and they're like i'm just going to wait it out until something else comes out that i want but now i don't have to worry about like having this older system i can sell it off or i can give it to my little nephew or whatever like you know like you're gonna have a lot of that i think because it's it's similar to like the way pcs just kind of run like you upgrade and you wait for the next best thing to come out but in the meantime like other games that you are currently playing look better load faster you know the whole bit so i i think um it it is shocking that they're they're not showing off more of what will actually launch with the series x but again i i think they're they're still playing that like that cat and mouse game with sony in terms yeah. of the not just the price point but like what else is Sony? what's sony putting out like with launch and they they still need more of that i think yeah and that's what i'm looking at right now i guess maybe my my assumptions were kind of bad but i like we at least know that um Ratchet and Clank is going to be pretty early on. I think we know that Spider-Man Miles Morales is going to be coming. But early on is another story. Launch. Like, yeah. what is launching with the system? Because the both of these systems and companies are notorious for coming out at launch with a pretty lackluster amount of games. Like, what came out with the PS4 that was like... You, sh- you were shitting your pants over nothing because everything they announced that was going to come out at launch watchdogs division, like all these other games were postponed and delayed until two years later, essentially. Yeah. Um, Destiny, I think was originally supposed to be a launch title for PS4 and it wasn't like, uh, and, and even like, look at the Xbox 360, like what launched with that? You had the King Kong game and like a call of duty two, like, <laughs> It's fair. Yeah, I mean normally you expect pretty um pretty like very fresh like soft offerings of like this is us getting used to this new platform. It's a game that probably come could have come out on the previous system, but that's that's the thing is I think they're one. they're going to rely heavily on this like smart delivery or like the idea that you can play games that came out on the last generation on this new system, i.e. Cyberpunk. Yeah. Cyberpunk is going to fucking sell consoles straight up it's gonna do cyberpunk is gonna do for this next generation the same thing skyrim did for the ps3 and the xbox 360 i had people buying systems to play skyrim that never played a fucking game in their life and they were like oh man have you played skyrim and i'm like have i played skyrim like (laughs) absolutely (laughs) like and like oh yeah yeah, i just got my xbox over the weekend and i'm playing skyrim for the first time (laughs) and i'm just like oh okay cool dude but like that's it's, that's what that did for that generation. I think we're going to see a lot of that now with this new generation. We're going to see people who have never or who weren't really all that big into video games or were in college and had to get a real job and then now they're back to video games because they're quarantined at home and they're going to buy a fucking brand new system and they're going to play Cyberpunk and it's going to be that game for people. I think. I think. Just speculating. 
Yeah, that that could be true. It's just kind of interesting to me that like we they I don't know. I don't know how it's that hard to time out one of these big exclusives for your new game, like or for your new system. Like why isn't there Gran Turismo seven coming out at launch? Like why isn't why why didn't God of War twenty fifteen come out on or not twenty twenty sixteen come out in twenty third? Like obviously, I, I mean, I think like, a lot yeah, of it, it comes time, from but... the idea that like they ha- still haven't given us an actual like when's it going to be in people's hands? What is the actual yeah. launch date? Well, who fucking knows, man? It's probably going to be November seventeenth, like it is every fucking year. It's going to be my birthday. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were bringing up on um, trying to think of what. Oh, I was listening. It's, it's to... going to be that week before Black Friday, <laughs> like. Well, I was listening to the, I think it's called Brad and Will Make a Tech Pod, which one of them is from Giant Bomb, and the other guy also worked at Giant Bomb a longer time ago. And they were discussing the fact that, like, it's going to be really hard to break through on, like, traditional media in early November because of the election this year. Yeah. So, like, the idea that they would be trying to release a console in the lead-up to all of that when there's, like, debates and crazy political ads and all that type of stuff trying to hit um seems kind of crazy so i I think you're right i think it's going to be like real like mid november and they'll be like here's the release day it's out now and then things are going to sell out and then they'll be like all right everybody's holding stuff back for black friday like they usually do they're probably just waiting for the election to see if the economy tanks again (laughs) yeah they just push back the playstation 5 at the in, in the beginning of november yeah but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. We're still they're still playing chicken on the price. We still don't know exactly what, uh, exactly when, and and how much, and things of that nature. But I don't know. I think Microsoft, as much as I wasn't like, there are games there that I'm interested in. I'm not super. They still haven't like completely grabbed me with like any of their exclusives in the way that Sony has for some reason. But it sounds like they're starting to like put in the work with all of those developers that they've acquired, and that's that's great. Yeah. Um, it just sounds like it's still coming a little ways off. So I'm excited for some of that to start paying off. But um, the idea that like they're gonna say, hey, like what do you what? How much do you think they're gonna sell the Xbox One S for if you're gonna be able to play all the shit on it anyway? Like, what's the minimum price to get in on the new generation of Xbox games? I feel like it's gonna be like. 150 to 200 dollars or something like that I, yeah i'm not i don't even know like like i don't even know what it's currently priced at for an xbox i think One it's S, i think I, it's 200 bucks let's take a look they still have it selling on their website for 299 for the one terabyte version so i feel like yeah i feel like they'll i feel like they'll probably drop it down to 200 bucks right around launch time and they'll be like here's the one for 200 bucks and then Lockhart or whatever the hell it's called is maybe like 300 bucks. And then maybe the series X is like 450 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know, but that sounds like a pretty incredibly strong hardware lineup for them to be like, Hey, here you go. This is Xbox for the next generation. So, yeah. And, and again, yep. I think they, they will make it so you can play the new games on the old hardware. Like that is like, that will be a huge selling point for them. I th- yeah, I think they're straight up like um, like you're gonna see it, like I, they're not gonna call it Project X Cloud, but you're gonna see a Project X Cloud app appear on the Xbox. That's got yeah, and that's the thing. Like I think um, there are some of the some of the box art that they're starting to show off shows like hey, this is Xbox and it's smart delivery and whatever. Like if you buy Cyberpunk, it's going to be not only an Xbox One game but also right. a series x yeah game. it's got the smart delivery tag at the bottom yeah and so um but even not only that but also like i think halo halo i think is also coming out on the one on the one and will also be on series x as well and so but then they're eventually going to get to the point with like forza i think was only announced for the series x and pc so like are you going to be able to play that forza via x cloud on your launch xbox one maybe which sounds crazy but that's that sounds like their strategy so hey interesting times ahead i think i for the i agree war. wholeheartedly so anyways brian what do you think about all that uh i agree with pretty much everything you guys have said um because you're both kings and i want to praise you <laughs> well thank, thank you brian <laughs> that's the nicest thing you've ever said to us <laughs> on here <laughs> Oh, oh boy! Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out Midwest MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. Brian, can you say that for me? Check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month to help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. <laughs> and as always, keep we... Go, keep going, Brian. <laughs> oh, yeah, Brian, why don't you take the end here? As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Thanks again to Jason K. Gojo and Sidza for their contributions to the Patreon. We appreciate it very much. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Brian. You're welcome. Uh, for anybody not watching the video, you should maybe check it out for this episode. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. Twitch. Um, Brian's out of town, and yeah. So if anybody hasn't noticed, I'm covering for him. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're gonna do next. I think. Did you end up picking up Paper Mario or no? I didn't. I would like to, but I'm also trying to lean into Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Rick also text- texted me today, and Carrion from uh, Devolver Digital came out on like Switch and and Steam and maybe some other stuff as well. So, kind of want to check that out, but I also kind of want to just dump all of my time into one game yeah, at a time sure. rather than. No, I, I heard good things about Paper Mario, it. and the uh, <clears throat> latest episode of Triple Click spoke very highly of it. But uh, I'm trying to cancel Jason Schreier, so. Um, that's a whole other battle. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. A, lo- a losing battle. Yeah, so he, he would win for sure. He's a he's a giant bully, so we'll just let yeah. we'll let him have it. But uh, yeah, everybody, if you have something you want to talk about, please do let us know. Hit us up on social media or midwestgamers at gmail dot com, and uh, we will figure out what we're going to talk about next time and go from there. And yeah, that's all. That's all this time. Thanks again. Talk to you guys later. Peace. <laughs>